Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. What you know about Birdman <laughs> and Eclipse? What you know about that? I know everything. I know everything. Shay and Jordan Cornette with you hanging out this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin filling in, having a good time doing it. Uh, the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. It is Sports Festivus here. Name a feat of strength you saw in sports, air your grievances, or tell us a sports miracle that you would like to see happen. Shay and Jordan Cornette again filling in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Okay, so... Playoffs are on the horizon in the NFL, and it's like that time of the year where every game kind of counts for seeding or elimination or clinching or et cetera. And so when you look down the line and you're a fan and you're like, man, my team was playing so good and we've kind of fell off the radar, you're peaking at the right time, there's all these things going through your mind, right? And so Sean Payton was asked if he thinks the Saints perhaps peak too early now that they've lost two in a row. I think there's a little laziness relative to research and saying, well, they get to the playoffs, they're one and done. Not really. Will it need to be the Super Bowl? Yeah, probably so. I mean, but you know what? That's a good measuring stick, and that gives you an indication of how organizationally the culture's changed. Mm, I don't it's know. lazy. It's lazy. It's uh, lazy to say a team has peaked too early? It's lazy as it pertains to the Saints. Okay, that's fair. 10-4 and four team. Top of the NFC South. Got blindsided by Jalen Hurts that they didn't have much tape on in an Eagles team that upended them. It happens. They were also playing with Taysom Hill, the quarterback, who's not their guy. This team has won a lot of games with Drew Brees as their quarterback, a healthy Michael Thomas, a healthy Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and one of the best, if not the best defense in the NFL. I'm going to say the best defense in the NFL because that's what the Saints have. Drew Brees comes back. They lose by three. Lose by a field goal to the Chiefs. Those are the two losses. And Drew Brees, by the way, is nowhere close to healthy. There's two games left in the regular season and then a postseason. Health is what has hurt the Saints. Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, health, and a schedule, two unique games there that you tell me they lose them, I can see how. I can see how the Eagles win that game with Jalen Hurts, a guy that they weren't, uh, haven't seen a lot of, to be honest. This great Saints defense hadn't really had to face any true dual-threat quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts got the best of them. There's only one Patrick Mahomes in the universe. He got the best of them. Those are two games that are anomalies. This is still a team to believe in if they're going to be healthy going into the postseason. But this ain't about peaking and peaking too early for the Saints. Not even in the discussion. Here's here's the only thing I will say to that argument, because I I, I get where you're saying as it pertains to the Saints. Drew Brees staying 100% healthy has been an issue. And you could call it age, and you could call it wear and tear, whatever it is, him, but that you put shoulder. Him in your top five quarterbacks. I know I did. I trust Just Drew yesterday. Brees in the playoffs, but he's had kind of shoulder issues and things going on for a minute now. And that has been an issue later down the season. I can't, I can't do this. I, I can't let you do this. Yesterday, Why? yesterday on the show, you literally, we ranked the quarterbacks we trust the most. In the playoffs, Jordan, and I you listed said Brees Drew Brees. Four. You said Drew Brees. You grit your teeth. It doesn't scare me. You said Drew Brees. <laughs> Did <laughs> you say Drew Brees? Yes, at number four. At number four. Yes. You're I talking do as if you don't Drew... trust him now. No, no, no. No. I am saying I think that the Saints were playing complete team football earlier in the season. Can they get back to that? Yes. Do I trust Drew Brees to lead his entire team to get back to who they were earlier this season when they were all healthier and clicking on all cylinders, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, I do. So they haven't peaked too early. 
No, I said I agreed with okay. you, except for the fact that Drew Brees has had issues with durability later in seasons because of his age and the wear and tear that's going on. So there, you don't here, trust Drew Brees? Yes, I do. There are a few other teams in the NFL that I think have peaked too early, okay? I mean, the Raiders are far and away at the top of the list. So are the Steelers. Far and away. The Steelers, huh? The Steelers? I went on national radio and said, uh, excuse me, could the Raiders please tell the rest of the NFL how to beat, this is what I said, how to beat the Chiefs because the Raiders have some secret sauce that they know how to figure it out and no You're one else does. You're mocking yourself. I I'm love I'm mocking this. myself. Like, how stupid am I? And then You're the Raiders stupid. come out and they looked completely flat in every phase of the game, completely undisciplined. I mean, talk about picking too early. We'll start with the Raiders. Yeah, that defense. Then, ooh. Oh, my. It's, it's abysmal. Then we'll move to the Steelers. And then I'd say maybe the Seahawks are in there, too. Oh, you're not going to put your Bears in there? Who started 5-1? and one? You're no. not going to put your Bears in there? No, because they're peaking again. They're playing good football right now. Peaking? Well, kind they're of. They're still alive. Like little mountains. It's a 5-1 and one football team peaks, really. that, that peaked. The defense looked dominant early. The offense had a run game. They were figuring out how to. Oh, please! They were figuring out how to close. They're just now having they were a run figuring game. out how to close games out. Mitch Trubisky started winning early on. Looked like he was their quarterback. Then the, the rug got pulled out. Then Nick Foles was the starting quarterback. Then the run game disappeared. Then the defense looked more vulnerable. It started to fracture at every turn with the Bears. That was a team that peaked in their first six games. Are you saying pulling Mitch Trubisky was the wrong choice? How are they back in the hunt right now? Who's the quarterback? Jordan. I'm the, I'm saying going back to Mitch is the right choice. Pulling Mitch in the first place was inevitable. You lived in Chicago for a long time. I was around this organization for the first I know Mitch as a person, and I still too knew that this was inevitable. They were going to have a short leash with him. Anyone with two eyes last year was saying, Mitch Trubisky ain't it. He's not it in Chicago. He's not it. So you bring in a Super Bowl MVP, and you think Chicago fans and everyone around that organization was going to let the Super Bowl MVP chill on the bench just maybe in case he gets hurt? Don't talk about him Super Bowl MVP. That's what he is. Like he's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he won an MVP, absolutely. But don't (laughs) act like they were sitting some guy down where you're like, Whoa, we got the Super Bowl MVP. In he com- was a Super Bowl in MVP. In comparison to Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky had lost what, the game. That is, okay. But that is, you got to look back and say that was a, 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 a bad move. No, A bad I move to bring in Nick Foles. I disagree. A bad move to go to no. Nick Foles because when it came back to Mitch Trubisky and you're using him now properly, this team has got back to winning enough to be in a conversation. Started winning early. Started winning down the stretch. The constant in both of those has been Mitch Trubisky. So you can easily go back and say using Nick Foles was the wrong play. I can't believe you're, you're a Trubisky truther now. I think you guys are desperate. I'm talking about a I desperate team. I can't believe you have turned this corner. I, go get Carson Wentz. Then I'll, then, oh. I'll be, then I'll ride with you. Go get Carson Wentz. Go win some football with Carson Wentz. Then I'll think your team could be a for real team. They are figuring it out now. Perhaps at the right time. The Bears went out and they have a Cardinals loss. They're in the Super or they're in the playoffs. Well, Super Bowl. I need to pump Let, the let's break. Bring it. They're in the playoffs. But I, I would not blame Pace, Nagy, anyone for benching Trubisky. It was inevitable. And I wish we could pull tape on every single person that says that was the biggest mistake. Because I guarantee they went out there and they said, sit Mitch Trubisky. He can't read defenses. It's not right. There's no offense. There's no rhythm. It was the same story that we saw with Foles. It was just now Trubisky had a minute to sit back and watch and Nagy made some adjustments. And here we are seeing Trubisky, who's, by the way, plays are now being called by Bill Lazor. They weren't when Trubisky was starting before. So his complete mindset is different. Bill Lazor was calling plays when Nick Foles was struggling mightily. True. Accurate.
Accurate. But let, let's let's go back because I think we can both agree on the Steelers, right? The Steelers yes. have to be the team that peaked early because you can't go from a team that is that is that is threatening to go undefeated that is now a team that we're going to say is going to go fully defeated down the stretch. Lose their final two games versus the Colts and Browns and lose in the postseason with whatever team they draw. So you don't think they win one more game at all this They're year? They're going to go 0-3 and their season's over. Okay. I'm confident in that. That's a team that has peaked entirely too early. And you know who peaked the earliest for them? A guy late in his career who looked like he still had the magic. Ben Roethlisberger. Peaked early on in this season. Had his thinking, ooh, this is kind of like sneakily an MVP season for him. Ooh, he still got it. Ooh, Ben might play till he's 40-something too. <laughs> nah. Ben needs to stop playing after 38. He looks like he doesn't have it anymore. They never had a run game all season, and that looked like it was going to be a problem. Clearly is now. What are you laughing at? Two things to say. Sneakily is a word that I think I taught you because it's not a word. Okay. Sneakily is a word. What are you talking about? It is? Yes. Google it. I don't need to. I was an English major at Notre Dame. Oh, oh I know. No, no, no. You Notre made the comment. No, no, no. You made no, no, no. You made the comment earlier. Where you go. I have all these followers on Twitter. As a that's joke. still worse. It's still He's worse. A typical Notre Dame fan. Let everyone know he went to Notre Dame. I can't believe they're googling oh this like it's not a word. Sneakily is a word. Now go back. Pull it back up so I can read the definition. Also, I have one more thing to say. I forgot. No, what no, it no. Was. Don't try. Don't try and move the goalposts. Sneakily. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> in a furtive or sly way. Used in a sentence. She sneakily hid a surprise gift in his room. That's kind of seductive. <laughs> yeah, I hope you leave me a surprise <laughs> gift. Did you? I, no. I, I got Did you, you even gift. get me a I gift? I got your gift. <laughs> <laughs> also, you put all your chips on the Cowboys in early. Remember this? When Why we, are you doing this? When we because I, the guys in the back are egging me on, and I absolutely love this. Um, a word. All the chips. All the chips on the Cowboys, and we had a great Thanksgiving because I made fun of him mightily for this. And now you're putting all your chips on the Steelers, losing the rest of the way out. I just want to know where the chips are. The Cowboys are not ruled out yet, okay, by the way. Okay, we got to Those break. chips are still on it. The chips suck. They haven't, take, they haven't taken is. the chips away yet, <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. I hate all your Which chips. comment was worse? I want to know from, the, from, from anybody on Twitter. Which comment was more lame? Shay's comment that I didn't see it on Twitter because I have so many followers, <laughs> or me like a loser saying, I went to Notre Dame and I'm an English major. I think I'd probably lose. No, no, I'd probably lose. It's easily Notre Dame. All right, is there a new favorite for the Larry O'Brien trophy after one night of NBA action? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN. NBA analyst joins us now. Uh, Perk, good morning to you. I'm sure you were up late watching a lot of NBA last night. Let's start with the Brooklyn Nets and what you saw out of them. It was great to see a, a healthy Kevin Durant back. Any shot someone has taken down the Nets in the East this year? Oh, absolutely not. 
The Nets are dangerous. They might have the most offensive power in the NBA. And they have one of the most offensive duos ever to play the game of basketball in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Both of those guys looked phenomenal last night. But when you look at the role players, LaVert, Dinwiddie, Jeff Green, uh, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, all those guys are capable of get, get, having monster nights, whether it's on the rebounding end or even having 20 points. So I'm looking at this Nets roster, and they have one of the deepest teams in the league. They play with great pace. They share the ball tremendously. They defend at a high level. And by the way, they have the best score of all time in my eyes in Kevin Durant, and he's back. He looks 100% healthy. Kyrie looks locked in. Although, look, we can all disagree with a lot of things Kyrie Irving does off the court, but when he gets between those lines, he's a problem. <laughs> yeah, my my Levert power rankings still go Gerald, Levert, Eddie Levert, and now Karis Levert at number three. He's he's a bad man. <laughs> Perk knows what I'm talking about. My wife Shay's looking at me right now, and it's gone over her head. Perk, I got to work on her music choices. She needs to broaden her, her horizons. <laughs> Perk, when I watch these Nets, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I said to Shea last night as we were watching the game, and, and you probably don't know, but we're, we're a married couple, so we get to do the radio show, but we're also watching the sports. And the thing that I came away with watching the Nets last night, Perk, I go, don't mess this up. Don't go get James Harden. It'll be the worst thing these Nets could do. Do you agree? I definitely agree. Uh, the, the Nets don't need to do anything. They have all the pieces that they need. Like you said, they have shooting. And I love the role that Steve Nash has LeVert playing, that six-man where he could come in and just be aggressive. And we all know that he could get buckets, but I was more impressed by his playmaking ability last night. And right now you have, with, with, with the Brooklyn Nets having uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, there's no need to go get James Harden because both of those guys now could – you know, have the ball in their hands. Both of those guys could play off the ball. You don't have to worry about a guy coming in and, and guys having to sacrifice. Right now, the Nets are, are put together well. They're the best team in the Eastern Conference. I think they're a top two team in the NBA right behind the Lakers. And, shoot, they might be number one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the Lakers now. We'll go from the East to the West. Last night, they dropped their first game to the Clippers, but – I mean, I think we probably all saw this coming, giving the short offseason that they did have and the lack of sense of urgency. But the question I have for you, Perk, is how did the new additions for the Lakers look? They look good. Uh, I think Marcus all looked a little bit out of shape. Uh, he still has to find his rhythm. And it's not easy for big men. Look, I was a big man in the league, and it takes time. But Dennis Schroeder looked awesome last night. He's going to fit in just just well with the uh, with the Lakers. And also Montrez Harrell. I would love to see him and Anthony Davis get a lot more minutes on the floor together. Once they get minutes, they're going to, they're going to have a tandem defensively that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. A lot of people don't understand about Montrez Harrell was that last year he finished top 10 in the NBA in protecting the basket, and he finished top 10 in the NBA in taking charges. So when he's locked in and him and Anthony Davis could figure how to play with one another, they're going to be a dangerous defensive ta- uh, tandem. And offensively, they have more than enough weapons. 
And this is the first time in a, in a long time that LeBron James is not going to have to do too much on the offensive end. He's first, well, we all know he has Anthony Davis, but now having Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, two guys that could go get a bucket without having to rely on LeBron James to set them up is great for the Lakers. Perk, I'm trying to figure out, I'm kind of torn on this one, so I'm looking for some clarity from you on this one. As you mentioned, Montrez Harrell is a Laker. He's no longer with the Clippers. The Clippers have replaced him with Serge Ibaka. Is Ibaka an upgrade as opposed to Harrell, given the system that the Clippers are trying to push towards now? I actually I actually think Serge Ibaka fits better with the Clippers than Montrez Harrell because Serge is a guy that could stretch the floor. Uh, he could knock down the three-point shot. He's a guy that, that actually is a loud threat at the basket. Um, and and he don't need post-ups. So Serge is not a guy that's going to run to the block and ask for the ball. And that's not what the Clippers need. So it's good because it gives Kawhi Leonard and Paul George uh, spacing so they could be able to operate and not have the paint clogged up. So I do see him being a slight upgrade. Now, is Serge better than Montrez Harrell? No but he's a better fit for the Clippers, in my opinion. Yeah, and I agree. I was kind of split. You kind of pushed me over the threshold. Perk, before we let you go, we got to touch, <laughs> touch on the Warriors here. Uh, they looked overmatched by a Nets team that's clearly superior in talent. With no Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, they were playing uphill the whole time. Warriors look bad defensively, but more importantly, the Warriors look like they don't have the spacers needed offensively to keep up in a shootout. How worried should we be about the Warriors? What is their ceiling this year with no Klay Thompson? Well, that ceiling is making the playoffs. And I keep telling people this, and a lot of people always laugh at me, but Draymond Green is the leader of that team. He's the heart and soul of that team. Steph Curry is the best player, but that team goes as far as Draymond Green leads them. And when I say that is that he brings a certain type of tenacity. He brings a different type of edge. He gives them swagger. And him not being on the court, they don't have that same swagger. I tell you what, Kelly Oubre looked good yesterday, last night, in my opinion. James Wiseman looked good to say that he didn't really get a chance to have a, a training camp or a preseason. I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to make the playoffs this season. They might finish top five in the Western Conference. Andrew Wiggins will find his rhythm. And, uh, with that culture that they have. So I'm not worried about the Warriors at all. And Steph won't have a bad night like he did last night. Matter of fact, I think Steph will end up finishing in the MVP conversation, mm. if you ask me. He's going to average about 27 points a game. So they'll be just fine. All right, Perk, thanks for getting up this morning. We'll talk to you soon. You have a good one. And if we don't talk to you, happy holidays. Happy holidays Kendrick Perkins, ESPN, right, NBA analyst. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Talk to you soon. So beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can. He'll have the newsmakers you'd expect, and he'll interact with you every single day. From Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. Here's SportsCenter. Paul George at the top. Little step back three on its way and good. What a second half for Paul George. He's given the Clippers a nine point lead and he's got 27. 
That was courtesy of ESPN Radio. The Clippers, yes, they defeated the Lakers last night, 116-109. to Paul George scored 33 points, the most in a season opener by a Clippers player since Blake Griffin in 2015, who also had 33 points. The Lakers never led in a game. The first defending champion to not lead in a season opener the following season since the 2011-2012 Mavericks. The Nets defeated the Warriors last night. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant both eclipsed the 20-point mark for Brooklyn, which beat the Warriors 125-99. Kevin Durant scored 10 of his 22 points within the game's first five minutes. And Auburn hires Brian Harson. Auburn fired Gus Malzahn earlier this month after eight seasons. Harson is 69-19 and 19 in seven seasons at Boise State. Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. All right. Now we are going to go to Ryan Clark. He's our ESPN NFL analyst. How much do you like Ryan Clark? I love Ryan Clark. He makes me laugh every morning. Every morning. On GitHub. Every, every morning. morning. Every morning. I think I come He's upstairs. big in the Cornette household. He's big in the Cornette household. I think I come upstairs and I'm like, listen to what Ryan This was hilarious. <laughs> um, so it's, I didn't hear you this morning, so I, I don't know if so you So make her comments. laugh today. <laughs> I don't know if you have comments on this or not, so all the pressure's on you, Ryan. Um Quickly, your reaction to Dwayne Haskins and what is going on with the Washington football team. We saw pictures circulating the internet yesterday of him maskless with a group of women um, at a private party. They strippers. Yeah, they were strippers. And it's it's just the timing's awful. Ryan, what was your reaction to all of this? Uh, he's a clown. <laughs> I don't, and and it's, just, it's just no other way to put it. You know, I know I'm supposed to come on here and, and give you some professional uh, analysis on him and his lady dancers, but he's a clown. You you, you can't do that. Like this, this is not the this is not the time. Uh, you have to understand the the people that are in your building. I mean, you have a coach that just finished chemotherapy treatment. For God's sakes, if you don't if you don't care about yourself, care about other people, and think about the lack of self awareness you have to have to be a guy who was thought to be immature, to be a guy who was thought to not be a leader, to be a guy who was thought to to not hold. Uh, this job of being a quarterback in the NFL at high enough esteem to approach it in a way that is professionally excellent and you lose a game, you throw interceptions, you go to the strip club during the pandemic and you don't wear a mask. If anything, just be smart enough to not let anybody video you. So everything about this tells me that you have no understanding of yourself or the world today and you're a clown. And I, I I just don't know what you could possibly be thinking or not thinking of to make this decision. And Drew uh, and, and Dwayne Haskins is going to have to wear this. I, I see that he's apologized already. And, you know, people are allowed to get second chances. But I think this is unexcusable. It's unacceptable. And to make a decision like this and put other people in your building at risk, put your peers at risk and put people on other football teams and other organizations at risk is, is just stupid. It's flat out stupid. And that's my professional football analysis. Also, he's had more than one chance already. Like this yeah, dude's and, and, on his third and hundred percent. And look, Shay, Ryan's a perfect person. Ryan Clark's a perfect person to be talking to. Yes, he's an ESPN NFL, NFL analyst. Yes, he's a Super Bowl champ. Yes, he's been a pro bowler. But most importantly, and I've heard Ryan talk about this, and what it means to him. 
he's been a captain for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. And so to hear from a captain mm-hmm. in a scenario like this, I had been a captain on a lower level for a college basketball <laughs> team, not a professional team, not one with the history of the Steelers. But I know the responsibility of captains in a scenario like this, Ryan. And in this position, uh, what would you do if this was in your locker room? How would you address something like this in your locker room as it pertains to Dwayne Haskins? You know, this is one of those things that has to be addressed as a whole, right? You, you don't just go to Dwayne and talk about this because this is no longer just a Dwayne thing. This is a team thing. This is a, a teaching tool for everyone. And he's just going to have to be the example because he was the one that made the bad decision. You have to talk about how this affects Ron Rivera, how this affects the Washington football team as a whole, how this affects each and every player, staff member, and person that's in that room in that room that has been working to finish this season in 2020. This isn't just the normal season where we just get to go play. You get to go make it rain. You get to go get bands. You know, you get to get you a table, and it's all good on Monday morning. It ain't that type of year, right? It ain't that type of day. And when you already are looked at by a team or perceived by the national media or perceived by others in the game as someone that doesn't care, as someone that doesn't place a level of responsibility and accountability on having that position on the football team, you can't do that. You got to do everything you possibly can to dispel that because perception becomes reality. And so when he's addressed, it shouldn't be behind closed doors. It shouldn't be in a one-on-one meeting with Ron Rivera. It should be amongst the team. It should be amongst the leaders on that team. And people should be allowed to say how they feel about the decision that he made. And don't be a hypocrite. If you were a dude who decided to go make it rain with him, you shut up and listen too. Because it (laughs) matters to you too. Because you should hear the same type of criticism that he will get for making that decision. And then you say it, you let it happen, you move on, you love on him, and you want him to be better going forward. But it has to be addressed, and it has to be addressed in a real way, right? Not that fake, oh my goodness, you can't do this, that's bad way. No, man to man, in front of everybody, stand up, be held accountable, be held accountable by your brothers, and promise that going forward, you will be a different man as far as decision-making goes. Okay, speaking of decision-making, we're going to take a turn here. We're going to go to your former team here at the Steelers. So Juju Smith-Schuster has made it a habit now where he does these TikTok dances on the logos or in the end zone prior to football games, okay? And I went on here earlier and I simply said, I think we're taking the logos way too seriously. If he wants to dance around before football games like many receivers and Ryan many wouldn't players have that on do. on the Steelers logo, Shay. I'm trying to tell I'm you. I'm just trying to say it's a common <laughs> thing to be dancing pregame, okay? The logo is All taken way too seriously. Dancing. <laughs> Mike Tomlin says he's going to have a chat with Juju. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Tomlin says he's going to have a chat with Juju Smith-Schuster. Do you think it's warranted? Yes, because they suck right now, for sure. It's it's warranted. Um, If Juju Smith-Schuster was DeAndre Hopkins right now, he could dance on the logo in the middle of my house if he wanted to. (laughs) I don't care. if Juju, if Juju Smith-Schuster was DK Metcalf, if Juju Smith-Schuster was playing like Travis Kelsey, if Juju Smith-Schuster was Stefan Diggs, they'd let him TikTok, they'd let him Snapchat, they'd let him IG story from any place he wanted to. But he's not, right? He's not. They are not. This is a team that's on an 0-3 skid. And listen, don't be confused. Nobody wants to hit Juju Smith-Schuster harder because he dances on the logo. But what you would like, if you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, is for him to dance on logos in other people's end zones. That he is not doing. And so when you put all those things together, now it becomes an issue. It becomes an issue because 
Josh Allen before the game says that they can, you know, expletive dance before the game, but we're going to do the work. Right, that's supposed to be the Pittsburgh Steelers motto. And this is who Juju is, right? This is there's no ill intent in Juju. Right. Juju Smith used to likes to have fun. He enjoys social media. He enjoys the fame you get from social media. The problem is you just gotta play well. Did we talk about this for the first eleven weeks of the season? No. You know why? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers won every game. The reason we're talking about it now is because they're losing. Does this really jive with who the Pittsburgh Steelers are? Absolutely not, right? He's supposed to be a guy that's very much like Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward was like a real-life football killer, right? He was, he was built like a soft donut. He had a <laughs> tattoo of Mighty Mouse on his arm, but he would hit you in your mouth. There was going to be no dancing unless he was in the end zone. See, like, that's the fabric of the city. And so now as these things start to happen and they become more of a story, it kind of starts to fall apart. And you say, okay, this is something we have to address. But I agree with you. The logo... It's just a logo. It's just a logo. But you can't lose and do these things. It looks it, he's he's slightly immature. He's kind of uh, a kid, and that's just part of what he does. He enjoys the fame. He's going to get rich from doing some of these other things off the field because if he continues to play like he plays, or he is playing, or his team is playing, he won't be as rich as he, as he wants to be from football. What would be like a person built like a hard donut well, be? Like a stale donut? I don't even like that he mentioned that because I'm a Bengals guy and I still think about Keith Rivers and, <laughs> and his jaw is still funny from what Heinz Ward did you to just, him. It, the soft donut hey, resonated man. with I you. I still I like Ryan and to, my, to my Bengals all those years. I just don't like that. I'm still trying to come to terms with that. And, and so that leads me to the question that we talked about yesterday. And I know it's a tough position for you because he was your quarterback when you were at the Steelers for, uh, you know, the better part, what about half a, a little more than half a decade in Big Ben Roethlisberger? Mm. Watching him in that game versus the Bengals, it solidified to me that he can't play the quarterback position for the Steelers anymore. He just quite simply cannot. Obviously, he'll finish out this year wherever the season goes, but next year they got to part ways, don't they, Ryan? I mean, and, you know, um, you never want to retire people, right? Uh, yeah. Retirement is hard, retirement is forever. Uh, so don't necessarily want to um, do that. But you got to look, $41 million cap hit. Uh, they've stretched the contract out so many times and restructured it. I don't know how much relief they can get from that. And also now you're looking at guys like Bud Dupree, Juju Smith-Schuster, some of these other contracts that need to get done. And if Ben Roethlisberger's on the team, those contracts cannot. Uh, also what you have to think is, with the way our team is built today, if our defense is healthy, if we have everyone, can Ben Roethlisberger playing the way he plays lead us to a championship? And I think that answer is no. And if your goal every year is to get to a Super Bowl, which it is in Pittsburgh, it's not like some of these organizations that want to be also ran. The years that matter in Pittsburgh are the years that they hoist the sticky Lombardi at the end of the season. And so I don't know what you do. I don't want to retire him. I just don't think he can win a championship playing the way he is playing right now. Ben says he hopes to play one more year or he hopes to finish out his contract. I see that as being very difficult to do. Uh, it's not impossible, but I believe it's improbable. And we could be seeing the last few games of Ben Roethlisberger as the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Ryan, I, I think we've all come to the conclusion the Steelers are not the biggest threat um, to the Chiefs. So I ask you, who's the biggest threat in the AFC uh, to Patrick oh, Mahomes the and the Chiefs? It's, it's, it's the Buffalo Bills. Um, for, for many of the reasons early on in the season, when I thought the Steelers could get it together, I thought they had the pieces and they were finding ways to win. I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers could be this. Like, think about early on in the season when Chase Claypool mm-hmm. has the breakout games and Deontay Johnson is playing well. It looked like Ben could do it then. 
this defense was healthy. You had a healthy Bud Dupree, a healthy Devin Bush, even Robert Spillane, Vince Williams, who haven't, neither of these guys have played the last few weeks. And they saw, you looked at it like, okay, they got the pieces. They can defend. They got a quarterback who's confident in the fourth quarter who can make plays. That's the Buffalo Bills now. The Buffalo Bills are the team that are turning the football over defensively. The Buffalo Bills are the team that has a quarterback that is just playing flat out of his mind, that's playing with the confidence that is probably on the same uh, level or same plane as Patrick Mahomes is playing with now, with that type of talent. And so when you look at this team, you have to erase what you saw early on in the season when these two teams met. Uh, These are the two best teams in the AFC, uh, possibly the two best football teams in football. And I think if any team other than the Kansas City Chiefs is to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills would be that team. He is Ryan Clark, ESPN's NFL analyst. And thank you for making this laugh this morning, Ryan. We will talk to you soon. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you as well. Thanks, Ryan. Speaking of the NFL, if Tua Tungavailoa starts against Marcus Mariota in the Dolphins-Raiders game this weekend, it would be the first starting quarterback matchup among those who were born in Hawaii. Stats Incredible is brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. So we've got a lot of problems with some people. And next, we're going to tell you about it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Festivus for the rest of us. Oh, this makes me happy. Little Mariah in the morning. I bet she doesn't even like Christmas. She's just capitalizing. It's a money grab. Really? I don't even think she, she really does those likes. very clever Instagrams the when day you, after Halloween, and you, I'm all for it. When you think of Christmas, do you think feel good vibes, Mariah Carey? Yeah. Like I mean, it's, you think of her <laughs> Actually, music. No, 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 no. You think of her music, but of her personality. Do you, does that lend to what we know to be true? Does that lend to Christmas? It's a money grab. It's disingenuous. Don't fall for the head fake, everybody. But it's too late. She owns the holiday. It's disingenuous, isn't it? 
Let's not do this again. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna lose this one again. <laughs> this is Keyshawn James Will and Zubin. I'm Shay Cornetti's Jordan Cornette. We're filling in the next couple of days for the guys. You can give us a call on the Dr. Pepper call in line. It's eight 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 say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six because it is Sports Festivus. So we want you to name a feat of strength. We want you to name a feat of grievance. And we want you to name a Festivus miracle. If you can tell us all those three things, please give us a call. We would love to hear from you because we're going to give ours for certain right now. Do you want me to go first? You go ahead. Thank you. you. I was hoping you would say yes. I'm going to start with my feet of strength. Derek Henry stiff arm. You know, I'm like riding high on the Titans as a team to beat in the AFC. Yes, I know all about the Chiefs. Yes, I know all about the Bills. Give me the Titans there at number three. I love the Titans. I love what Derrick Henry is doing yet again, leading the league in rushing yards. The man is a grown man. He's a beast. So the feat of strength would be Derrick Henry's stick, stiff arm. That, that's pretty good. I'm going to say Chase Young, hurry thing. Okay. Have you seen what Chase Young's doing for Washington football team? He's the bright spot on the Washington football team right now. Six foot five, 265 pound Adonis. I mean, the guy <laughs> wreaks havoc. He's a disruptor. He's now scooping and scoring for touchdowns, and he does everything. He has been a difference maker from day one. Uh, watching Chase Young play, I, I just I can't imagine that guy coming after me and me holding a football. It makes me scared. I'm scared of a very little. Actually, I'm scared of a lot. Uh, You're but, scared of little. I kill the spiders in our house. You do. You kill the insects. I'm very, very afraid. I, that's my You're scared thing. of heights? You're afraid of bats. That's it. One thing, and you know I hate when you say the word. But that doesn't even make sense. I hate it. Chase, Chase Young on a football field is uh, very intimidating. That's a bad man. So I'm going with his He's feet of strength. bad man. Everything with, with Chase Young. Okay, fair enough. Let's go one airing of the grievance. I'm going to go first here. The Big Ten changes the rules constantly. And it's not working in my favor. Therefore, I have a major grievance with it. Look, you want to change the rules, Big Ten, about who you're going to allow in your conference championship games and how you're going to go about handling this year of football? Fine. But do it from the jump. Don't have parents and players and all these other people petitioning for you to play football and then finally come out, oh, when COVID numbers are high throughout the Midwest, and actually decide to play. Don't come out the week before a conference championship game and be like, actually, you don't need six wins to get in. You only need five because Ohio State should be the representative when it really should have been my Indiana Hoosiers who almost beat Ohio State because they actually played six games and qualified to be in there. Enough Big Ten, and I'm a Big Ten alum, clearly. Enough with the last-minute rule changes. There's my grievance. You're, and I, I had to really narrow it down because I had a few, but that's really one You're that's so mad me. at the Big Ten, and you're so mad at Ohio State because – they beat your Indiana squad who had them on the ropes. You're an Indiana alum, and let's tell it like it is. You're upset about that loss. You felt like you finally had Ohio State. You thought it was going to be this magical season, and it's still been for Hoosiers football. And you locked up your coach, Tom Allen, for an eternity. So you're going to have some good years ahead of you. You're also mad at the committee that you're not playing in the New Year's Six Bowl. So you're just mad at the committee altogether. You feel disrespected, but and that's fine. But it's mostly the Big Ten because it's just constant rule changes last minute or when people are pushing and shoving them to do what they want, and I'm over it. Put your foot down. Sorry you guys didn't Stick get that Stick to the dub. rules. Sorry you guys didn't get that dub. But anyway, you're playing with house money. If you're an Indiana alum and you say you're a sports fan, like my wife clearly is, you're a fan of one team, and it's Indiana basketball. You don't really care about football. But going to my grievance. Speak for yourself. And it kind of st- plays off the Washington football team to a degree. November 22nd, my Bengals. 
had so much juice around them. They weren't going to the playoffs. But watching Joe Burrow every Sunday made me break one of the pinnacle Jordan rules. I went out and I bought a Joe Burrow jersey. And I'm firm belief that no grown adult should wear a jersey of an athlete who's younger than them. I don't believe in wearing jerseys, period. But you can't be a grown man and wear a jersey of a 21, 22, heck, 28-year-old. I'm 37. Can't do it. I did it for Joe Burrow. He made me that much of a believer, uh, a pride for my Cincinnati Bengals in a losing season to watch him play. And the Washington football team makes a play at his legs, and he he tears his ACL, his MCL. Not only is he out for the remainder of this season, making it an even tougher watch for the Bengals, if they're smart, they're going to sit him out the entire next season. No, You mean he's, he's out for the entire next season? He could be out for the season after that? No. Oh, Shay, he'll be out all of next season, and then he hopefully all of next season. Hopefully they don't bring him back. Lose some more, make some savvy free agent signings, build in a draft, and when he returns in a season in and a half Got it. in 2022, like, you come back with a ton of juice around these Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody's got all eyes in the Queen Joey City Burrow. on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So that is my grievance, that these Sundays have been more difficult to watch without the exciting Joe Burrow. But number nine's coming. Okay, he's coming. And you'll be rocking the jersey because you've broken your, your Jordan rule. So to celebrate Festivus, we're going through it all. We're asking Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation to name a feat of strength that you saw in sports. You can air your grievances in sports, or you can tell us a sports miracle you would like to see happen. At Brian Riley just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and said the Jets beating the Rams covers all three for me. I understand. I understand. If you want to give us a call, you can do that too. The call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. It's 888-729-3776. It is Sports Festivus. Here's our miracle. Me first. My sports miracle would be the Bears making the playoffs. So here's what needs to happen. Chicago girl three and through. They have to win out the rest of the season. They also have to play Green Bay the last game. Just throwing that out there. And then they're going to need the Cardinals because they own the tiebreaker against the Cardinals. They're going to need the Cardinals to lose a game. This might take a miracle. But I'm counting on my I'm counting on my Bears. They're playing some good football right now behind Mitch Trubisky. That is a sentence I did not think I would say. They actually have a run game. Their defense is picking up steam again. Their offensive line is playing well and has clicked on all cylinders. And Trubisky's using his legs. And look, a win is a win. And if you can win the next two games against the Jags and the Pats and the Cardinals can lose one, you're in, baby. And that would be my sports miracle. I can't even be condescending on this one and take shots at your Bears because we're talking miracles, and mine is even bigger than yours in terms of miracle and the ability for it to actually happen. Okay. Cut his mic! The Irish. They're in the college football playoff, much to the dismay of many. They thought it should have been the Texas A&M Aggies, and I feel you, but it's not the Aggies. It's the Irish. And who really wants the number four spot in the playoff? Because that means you take on number one Alabama, who every week is going out there and hanging 50 on some tough SEC defenses. Mac Jones is probably the Heisman uh, Trophy winner this season. Uh, The GOAT as the coach there, Nick Saban, who just amasses talent year after year, that's who the Irish draw. Number one Bama, number four Notre Dame. Notre Dame's trending towards being 20-point dogs in this game. Mm. But I think they got a chance. Ian Book, I think they can make some things happen. They can control the clock with the offensive line. Kyron Williams makes plays. I've been looking forward to doing this on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin because Keyshawn is the biggest Notre Dame hater. He joined us on Sunday. We had an exchange. We're bringing him back on his own show that we'll be filling in next week to talk about it because I think the Irish can pull the miracle. Oh, sweetie. Oh, sweetie. Let's that's, go, Keyshawn. That's so cute. 
Browns fans airing their grievances. We'll tell you about it next. This is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.